Hello, and welcome to the Clearfort Community Church Podcast. Our hope with this podcast is that you would be encouraged by the weekly teaching from God's Word, not just on Sunday mornings, but every day of the week. To learn more about Clearfort Community Church, go to clearfortchurch.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Clearfort Church. Now, let's jump into this week's message. So, hey, we're glad you're here. It's 2024. Y'all glad to be in 2024? We made it through Christmas. Uh, just so you know, there are 352 days left until Christmas. So, uh, guys, you might want to jump on it and uh, get started now, right? We're glad you're here, and uh, this is interactive. Guess what? I can see you. You can see me, right? So uh, we're, we're here, and we're, we're going to do this thing together. So excited about the new year, January 14th, next Sunday for new members class, and those of you that have been with us for a while and are thinking about that, listen, we need more leaders. We're officially about four months old, a little less than four months old, I think, if I did the calculations right. And church plants are always needing leaders, people who will take down certain parts of the tent and hold it down and lead and, and grow. So if you feel led to be a part of that, we'd love to have you next weekend uh, at 8.30. So also we start again a new series this morning called The Journey, as you've seen. And uh, God does something phenomenal as you take journeys together, as you walk together with a group of people. And I pray that this time together over the next 10 weeks, sincerely, I pray that it'll be life transforming. I pray that it will cast a vision for you in your life to where if you've just come to know Christ or you've known Christ for a little while and you go, hey, what do I do now? When I came to know Christ uh, at my church back home, it was kind of like, okay, now what do I do? Do Just keep coming to church and try to be a good guy or how how does this whole thing work? And I'm telling you, God has more in store for you than just kind of showing up at church, trying to be a good person. God wants to use you to transform lives all around you. And we're going to kind of lay out that path today. So we're going to do it a little bit differently than we've done in the past. We're going to read some scripture up, up front, and we're going to read it as we go, actually. And so it'll be a little different this morning. But I want to take just a moment for us to pray again. We've prayed a lot during this service, but just setting our hearts for the Word of God as we open up the Word of God. Every time, it's an opportunity for us to go, okay, that was nice, or no, that is something that I can put into play that will change my life. So let's prepare our hearts for that this morning. Would you pray with me? Well, Father, we do as we open up your word. We don't do that uh, haphazardly and kind of casually, but as we open up your word, we believe it is your word and that it has the power to change us. And as we talk about the ancient path that you've laid down for us, God, we want to be on the good way. We want to know the ancient path. We want to walk in it as you lay it out for us. So would you speak to us this morning? Would you make that your prayer? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, some of you that know uh, my family and I pretty well, you know that we've been on kind of a 10-year quest to see all of the national parks in the lower 48. I didn't promise Alaska or Hawaii, but I did say we'll try to get all the ones in the lower 48s. And we're 10 years into that. We've seen 42 of the 52 that are in the lower 48. We've got a few more to go. 
But we've been at a lot of hikes. And most of these, when you go to Glacier, you go to Zion, or you go to Yosemite or Yellowstone, some of you have been there. We were talking about it this morning uh, with AJ and his family about national parks. You can go on any kinds of of day hikes. You can go on a two-hour hike. You can go on a five-hour hike. You can go on an overnight. You can go on a lot of, of hikes. But day hikes are pretty easy to prepare for. You just, you know, you take an extra bottle of water, you take a jacket, you take something in case it turns cold, and you're off on a hike, you come back two to three hours later, and you've done a hike, and it's great, right? That's one way to hike. Another way to hike is like my nephew, Michael Sanders, who after college said, I want to hike the Appalachian Trail. And if you know the Appalachian Trail, it starts in Georgia, and ends in Maine. And it is 2,190 miles long. Now that's a hike, right? That is a hike. That is a journey. And there's not a lot that you can, you, you can prepare for that. And, and people can help you along the way. There's no guarantees of what's going to happen on the trail. But people can help you along the way saying, hey, here's a map. Here's where I've stopped before. Here's some destinations. Here's where you can refuel. Here's where you can get new hiking boots. Here's where you can do all of these things. But as you're journeying, you need to have people around you, and you need to be prepared for something like that. Now, do you believe that your life is more of an epic journey than hiking the Appalachian Trail and taking six months to do it? Your life is more of an epic journey than all of that. There's going to be more hard times, strenuous times, difficult times, some celebrative times. There's going to be all kinds of time as you are on this path and on this journey. And you can either do that alone, even if you're married and have children and all of that, you can still kind of go on this path alone, apart from other people, not really opening yourself up to other people, journeying with other people along the way. You can even do it without God, without acknowledging him in your life. You can stiff arm God and take the journey on your own. I'm assuming because you're here, that's not what you want to do. We're going to look at a journey where you're doing it with other people. You're taking this journey of life with other people. It's so much more fun and safer to take the journey with other people and opening your life up to other people and acknowledging that there is a God who those scriptures say knit you together in your mother's womb and he knows everything about you and he leads and guides you that he's intimately involved in your life. Do you believe that? I want to open up the word of God this morning and show you that God has a path for you. So if you would look on your scripture sheet, I hope you got one of those as you came in. So the next 10 weeks, we're going to lay down some markers and some guidestones in your walk with Christ, and to know that you're, the journey is worth it, and that you are called, if, you, if you've come to know Christ, that you're called to mature in the Christian life, that you're called to grow in the Christian life. Hebrews chapter 5, this is not on your scripture sheet, but I want to read it. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk not solid food. So what the the writer of Hebrews is saying there is, hey, by this time, you've been a believer for a while, and by this time, you should be teaching other people. You should be turning around and helping other people on the journey. You should have already taken this hike and turned back around and doing it for other people, but you're still needing milk. 
you're still needing milk instead of solid food. And I want to encourage you to grow in the Christian life so that you are able to eat solid food. If you are 13 years old and still eating baby food, you say, hey, something's not right here. Right? And so we want to help you in growing up and maturing in the Christian life. And that's what this scripture is all about. So Jeremiah 6.16 is going to be the uh, scripture that we're going to be talking about every week. Be kind of the theme throughout the 10 weeks. But Jeremiah 6.16, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. Is that good news? And then in Matthew chapter 11, it's uh, below the Luke passage there, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, Jesus echoes that, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in this sermon, there's first a powerful proposition that the scripture lays out to us. Like, hey, if you do these things, then you're going to find rest for your souls. And there's a powerful proposition. Then I want to look at a personal illustration. We want to see that proposition. And then I want to take you to Luke chapter 5, where, where Peter actually begins the journey. And we see it in living color. So that's going to be the illustration. Then finally, there's some practical guidelines. There's some guidestones along the way that I want to help you know how to mature in the Christian life and we're going to walk through that as well. So first of all, a powerful proposition. How many of you need rest for your souls, right? You just got finished with Christmas, and it was a holiday, and you're maybe off from work and all of that, and now 2024 is staring you in the face, and you're going, oh, right? Because, man, it was a lot of activity over the Christmas holidays, and although you were off and you were doing other things, maybe you didn't get rest for your souls because rest for your souls is different than simply not doing work. Rest for your souls is being a part of what God's plan is for your life and trusting in him and resting in him. And it's a proposition that's given to us here. Jeremiah 6, 16. Jeremiah is writing in 600 BC, okay? 600 years before the life of Christ, near the time of Isaiah that we've been talking about through the God with us series. 600 years before Christ, uh, Jeremiah lays down these through the power of the Spirit of God, leading him to write these words, hey, stand at the crossroads. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient past. Ask for the good ways. And then 600 years later, most scholars believe Jesus is echoing that exact same scripture as he picks up the theme of that and he says, hey, try on my yoke. Put my yoke upon you. Come, come to me and find rest. And he uses the exact same phrase, rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. In fact, he says, hey, not only am, is there an ancient path, not only is there a good way, he's saying, I am the way. Jesus is saying, follow me. I am the way and where you're going to find rest for your souls and following him. In, and that's a great proposition. I pray that you, this morning, if you need rest for your souls, that you're looking to Christ for that. been a, a lot of times where I needed rest for my soul. I remember a time in college 
when I wasn't really walking with the Lord, I knew the Lord, but I wasn't walking with him. I was going my own way and doing my own thing. Football was my idol and what I wanted to do, and that was most important in my life. And I remember very distinctly a crossroads. I remember a decision. I remembered a time where I was so worn out emotionally, physically, in every way, and I got to this point, and I said, God, I need rest for my soul. I didn't say those exact words, but that's what I was saying, right? You've maybe had times like that. I remember in our marriage, over 32 years, there have been times when we've had conflict. Have y'all ever had conflict? Anybody had conflict in here? Over 32 years, we've had conflict. And from time to time, Tristan and I have gotten to the point where we say, man, God, we just need rest for our souls. We need the ancient path. We need the good way so that we can find rest for our souls aging parents and going through the loss of, of my dad and going, now my mom's in Alzheimer's home and walking through that. And man, there were some times in there where the changes that were happening, and I said, God, just I need rest for my soul. There's so many times in our life where we need rest for our soul. In fact, we need it every day. And so we got to ask ourselves, if we need rest for our souls, the recipe is right there in the scriptures for us to find rest for our souls. In the first place is to stand still. Stand still and look. He says, stand at the crossroads and I want you to look. Man, it takes a lot to stand still, doesn't it? Actually, a little uncomfortable, isn't it? Just to stand still. In fact, we, hey, something needs to be happening here. Something needs be happening here, right? It's uncomfortable, isn't it, to stand still? It's uncomfortable to stand still and ask God for the way. And when do you stand still? When do you stand still? I want, to, I want you to see this in your mind's eye, a crossroads, all right? So maybe it's an old dirt road in your mind. Maybe it's a crossroad here in town. Maybe it's something. But you're standing at the crossroads. And what Jeremiah and I think what Jesus is saying is, stand at the crossroads and I want you just to look. I want you to consider, do I go this way and do my flesh and walk in the way I want to in my own selfishness, my own self-centeredness, or do I do it God's way? And, and you have to stand there for a minute and consider your life. When do we consider our lives? When do we have time to consider our lives? Because we're going, we're rushing, we're going from here and there. We're busy, and so we don't take the time to consider our lives. And I want to just encourage you this morning, the best thing you can do to find rest for your soul is to stand still and consider. And there's a few ways that I want to encourage you to do that. Is number one, daily. Man, daily taking a few minutes in the mornings is the best time, mostly, but you can do it any time during the day of taking just a few minutes with God and standing still and saying, God, I want to consider the day. I want to consider this day and the way you want me to go. And then there's another time, which you're doing right now, Sunday mornings and Sundays as a whole, the Sabbath, a day to rest, a day to set aside from God and, and be with God and be with God's people is another way just to stand still. You're doing it right now, just going, hey, I want to consider my life. I want to take a break from all the work. I want to take a day where I just consider where I'm at. Because listen, one year turns to two years, two years turns to four years, four years turns to eight years, and 16 years, and 16 turns to 32 very quickly. 
And so listen, if you're younger, I want you to consider your ways. If you're middle-aged, I want you to consider your ways. If you're older, I want you to consider your ways because we all have time left for God to use us. So stand still and consider your ways daily, weekly. And then I would say there's some special times where, man, you can get away and just have some alone time, maybe just you alone or you and your spouse alone or you and one other person spending some time just alone to consider your life. And then there's some other times that kind of interject into our lives that you, you go, hey, I'm graduating from high school. And man, that's a great time to consider your life, to stand still and go, okay, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? What does God want for my life? Another is graduating from college, right? It's like, oh, this is the real life they were talking about back there, right? When I'm paying my own bills and doing all my things. Oh, this is a time for me to stand still and go, man, which way do I want to go here? Maybe marriage, maybe having children, a midlife crisis, even depression, guys, can be a time where God's going, hey, stand still, stand still, and just consider your life. So stand still and look. Stand at the crossroads and look and find the good way. And so it's stand still and consider your life. And then the second thing is to ask and listen. Ask for the ancient past. So as you're standing still, you're asking for what is the ancient path? Where is this good way? Now listen, 2,600 years ago, Jeremiah laid these words down and says, ask for the ancient past. So if the paths were ancient in 2,600 years ago, they're ancient, 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 ancient now, right? They're really, really ancient ways. But I want to encourage you, there is an ancient way. And there is a good way. There is the way that Christ has laid out for our lives. There is a way that you can live your life that's pleasing to God. And God has that laid out for us in his word. So ask, where is this ancient path? And you've got to spend time. So how do you ask that? Okay, It takes humility to ask for directions, doesn't it? Back before navigation systems, back before the phone, there was a day before that, right? There was a day before we had those things in our hands. There was a day where you took out these things and unfolded them, and they took up the whole front seat, and you're looking at a map, right? And you're laying it out. And guys, most of the time, it was like, hey, honey, why don't you just pull over and let's ask for, no, we're not asking for directions. I know how to get there, right? It takes a lot of humility to go, okay, we're lost. We're lost. I've got, to, I've got to pull over, and I've got to ask for directions. If it's humbling to ask for directions to a party or to this or to that, it's a whole lot more humbling to go, hey, I'm just lost in life. I'm just off, off the path, and I'm, I'm lost in life. But until you stop and say, hey, I'm lost, no one knows you're lost. They're, they're just going down the journey with you, and they, they don't know you're lost. So some, you've got to stop and be humble enough to go, hey, I'm lost, and I need direction. I need the ancient path. I need the good way, and we want to lay that out for you. But the way that you ask on, on the good way is, number one, through the Word of God. You, you can't know the ancient path that's laid down in the Scriptures if you're not in the Scriptures. So I want to encourage you, man, the first place to look and the first place to ask for the ancient path is in the Word of God. 
Okay? So you ask the Word of God, and then the Spirit of God is the second way. The Spirit of God and the Word of God are always going to line up. They're not going to contradict one another, okay? Jesus is the Word, and the Spirit of God, now the Spirit of God is not weird. It's not, it is the Spirit, it's the Spirit of Jesus. It's Jesus without skin on, right? He is, the Spirit is the, the Jesus without skin on. He leads and guides us, and that's what He's called to do. He is the encourager. There is the Spirit of God that we ask for the good way. So we ask the Word of God, and then we say, hey, there's some things in the Word of God that give me principles to live by, but whether I should move to Austin or move to Houston or move to Fort Worth or take this job or take that job, not always in the Scripture, right? So the Scriptures give you principles and things to live by and guidelines to live by, and then the Spirit of God begins to lay in your heart and impress on your heart, this is the way, walk in it. So the Spirit of God. And then the third way is to ask the people of God. Don't skip the first two and go straight to the third one. But the first two are Word of God, Spirit of God, and then the people of God. And that's why it's so important for you to take this journey together with other people in a community group of people who know you well enough to know, hey, listen, it seems like you're getting off the path here. It looks like you've diverted over here. Why don't you come back and can pull you back and help you on the pathway. Maybe somebody who's been down that pathway before, down that part of the good way before, and they can help you along the way. That's why it's so important for you to be around people that know you well enough, that you're fully known and fully loved and people that are going to help you along the way. If you don't have that, listen, that's a community group. And then you need a local church. The local church, that's what we're here to do is to journey together. And guess what? The, the local church is not my idea. It's not our idea. It's not an American idea. It's Christ's idea. It's what he laid down in the scriptures from the very beginning that the local church would be a place where people could just take this journey together. So stand still and consider your life. Second, ask and then listen. Ask the Word of God, ask the Spirit of God, and then ask the uh, people of God as well. The last thing is, you got to stand still, you got to consider your life, you've got to ask where that ancient path is. God, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to proceed here? And then the third way is you got to walk in it, right? you got to walk in it. Now, that seems simple. Okay, well, just walk in it. There's the path. Walk in it. Now, there's a, a radical difference between asking for the ancient past and asking for the good way and walking in the good way, isn't there? Is that a huge gap in your mind? Hey, God, I want, would you just lead and guide me? I want you to do this. I don't want to do that. God, would you, would you just give me the path? Show me the way. This is what I, I don't want to go that way. God, would you show me the we keep asking, right? We keep asking for the ancient path and the good way. And he says, hey, I want you to do this. I don't want to do that. Show me a different good way, right? I don't want to do that good way. I want to do this good way. And really, we wrestle with God. And so the last part of, of finding the ancient way is just when you feel that inner prompting from the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and even the people of God, and when those things begin to line up and you go, I know this is what God wants. I don't want to do it, but... Okay, God, I'm going to walk in it. There's a radical difference between asking for the good way and walking in the good way. Now, I want to encourage you, you've got to go all the way through to find and know the ancient past. So with that, I want us to look at a personal illustration. So 
That's kind of the ancient way. Now I want to show you in living color how Peter enters the good way. How he takes, he's at the, the trailhead and he's entering into the good way. So let's look with it in Luke chapter 5 and I'll summarize this for just a moment. So Jesus is teaching, okay? He's teaching. Many people have heard his teaching and so they're crowding in around him. They are pressing in to hear the word of God. Man, wouldn't that be great? If you had hundreds and thousands of people saying, man, we just want to hear the good way. We want to know the ancient past. So they're crowding around Jesus. Jesus looks over. He sees some boats. He says to Peter, hey, would you push me out? And so he pushes uh, Jesus out on the Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Gennesaret and the Sea of Galilee. That's just different words for the same place. The Sea of Galilee, and Jesus is on the boat, and he's preaching to the people. And then he turns to Peter after he finishes preaching. He turns to Peter, and he says, hey, Peter, I want you to, to, to set out to the deep and, and let down the nets. And Peter goes, hey, Jesus, we've been, we've been fishing all night. We're, we're just cleaning up. We're cleaning up the nets. We're tired. We've been fishing all night. We have not caught a thing. And then he just looks at Jesus, and, I, and I, you could see Jesus' face. Jesus like, okay? And, and Peter goes, oh, but because you say so. We'll let down the nets. Because, because at your word, I'm going to do what you say. I don't want to do it, but, but I'm going to do it. And so he goes out with his partners. They let down the nets. And it says they pulled in so many fish that the nets are breaking and that they have to call the other boat over. They fill both boats full of fish, so full of fish that they begin to sink. And then they pull the boats up on the shore, and Peter comes over. And let's pick that up in verse 8 there. It says, but when Simon Peter saw it, when he saw the catch of fish, when he saw what was happening, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will, catch, you will be catching men. And when they had brought the boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. Do you see the snapshot? I believe that, that Peter was standing at the crossroads. I believe he had been considering his ways. I, I think he had been thinking through this. I don't think this was the first time that he had met with Jesus. I don't think this is the first time they had seen each other. I think they'd had previous encounters with one another because there seems to be a familiarity there. And so I think that he had been at the crossroads for a while, and he had been considering his ways, and he's like, he'd been asking for the ancient path. I think he's like, oh, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And as he encountered Jesus, I don't think he knew all of what was going on, but then he comes to this crossroads, and Jesus reveals himself, and he begins to walk in it. So three things very quickly in order to enter in and to to be on this journey, on this ancient path, the number one thing, you've got to recognize Jesus as Lord, right? If you want to be Lord of your life, if you want to be in control of your life, you want to make all the shots, you don't want to listen to God, you'll never be on the ancient path. You can't be on the good way if you're rebelling against him. And so the first thing is just recognize Jesus, your Lord. Whatever you say for me to do, wherever you ask me to go, whatever you ask me to do, I am, am submitted to you. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't wrestle with him from time to time, that you don't say, hey, I, we've been fishing all night. I don't want to do that. Okay, I will, right? 
But Jesus is Lord. That's the first, first decision you have to make. Is he really Lord? Now, we, if you've been around the church for a while, you, you kind of use those language, and it's easy. It rolls off your tongue pretty easy until he asks you to do something you don't want to do, and then you go, is Jesus Lord or Jesus not Lord, right? Is he Lord or not? And so recognizing Jesus is Lord, the second thing is that we have to repent of our sin, right? Peter falls down at, at Jesus' knees, and it says, Away from me, Lord. So he recognizes him as Lord. Away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Listen, entering into the ancient path is recognizing not I'm going to better myself. I'm on a self-improvement course of action here. And I'm going to get better and better. No, actually getting on the journey with Jesus is recognizing, hey, I'm not such a great person. I need a Savior. I need Jesus. That's why he came. That's why he died. That's why he was resurrected on the third day, that he would pay the penalty for our sin. So recognizing Jesus is Lord. Second, repenting of your sin. And then third, receiving the invitation. Jesus says to Peter, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Come follow me and I'll make you fishers. Do you think Peter's sitting in heaven right now going, man, I should have never sold that fishing business. I should have never left the fishing. And I don't know that he left the fishing business, actually. He could have turned it over to some other people that were running it and so forth. We don't know exactly. But man, I should have stuck with the fishing. Do you think that's what Peter's saying? Or do you think he's like, man, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I left that behind because God used me in such tremendous ways. Now listen, following Jesus doesn't mean that you have to sell a business or stop doing what you're doing or do something radically different or move across the world somewhere. It just means you need to be willing to do those things and saying, God, it's yours. And receiving that invitation said, come follow me. And Jesus called Peter, not because Peter was good, right? Most people think I got to get my act cleaned up so that God can use me. No, God didn't call Peter because Peter was good. Jesus called Peter because Jesus was good. And he was receiving, he was extending grace to to Peter, saying, don't be afraid. From now on, we're going to do something different. And so that's in living color, Peter taking the good way and getting on the trailhead. And so in the last two to three minutes here, I'm going to do this very quickly, but I want you, the little card that's on your, on your sheet, would you just grab one of those? And I want to lay out for you, again, kind of a pathway for us as believers. So how does all of this start? If the Appalachian Trail starts in Georgia and ends in Maine, at least you know where you're going and you've got some destinations along the way. You're going to go through this state and that state and you're going to stop here and stop there. Listen, the Christian life has a pathway. There is a beginning and there is a progression to the Christian life. And so it starts with exactly where Peter is today, a profession of faith. Putting your faith in Christ and saying, there was a day, there was a time. For some people, it's a big event. For other people, it's a progression in their life to say, yes, I received Jesus as Lord. Have you done that? Has there been a day or a time, a time period in your life where you said, yes, I received Christ, that I'm making him Lord of of my life? That's the beginning of the path. You don't start. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church, how long you've done the Christian thing. If you've never submitted your life to him, that's the beginning point. That's the trailhead that you need to get on. The second stop along the way is following that in baptism. You say, why baptism? I don't know. Jesus just said, do it. 
And he just said, hey, this is a public profession of your faith. It's going public with your faith. As we've said before, it's kind of like getting married and going public and saying, hey, I'm marrying Krista Lee Dennard. I'm marrying her and I am married to her. I'm not ashamed of that. In the same way, baptism is going public and saying, hey, I've accepted Christ. I'm not ashamed of that. And I'm going public. Jesus was baptized. We saw throughout the book of Acts, those who turned their life over to him were also baptized. So it is a public proclamation of your faith. So if you haven't done that, that's the next step in your walk with Christ. Then the third is living in community. Peter was living in community. He was living with 12 other men, walking with Jesus in community where he was known, fully known, and fully loved. And so living in community. And and, uh, Michael Powell is going to preach that sermon in a few weeks, and I've already heard it, and you're going to want to be here for that. And then experiencing empowerment, experiencing the Spirit of God. Now, you you receive the Spirit of God when you accept Christ. All of the Holy Spirit, you don't get more of the Holy Spirit, but you can learn how to walk with Him and walk in the Spirit. And so we want to lay that out for you, and uh, Matt Beholchek is going to lead us in that sermon on uh, experiencing the empowerment of the Spirit of God in our lives. That's not something spooky, not something weird, it's something essential to the Christian life. And then growing in loving obedience and saying, hey, I want to continue to understand what God's Word says and how I can line my life up with it. And so growing in loving obedience, I love obeying the word of God. I love knowing what the ancient path is so I can come in line with that and growing in that obedience. Then seeking the searching so that you're just available to go, hey, you know what? I've been down this path for a little ways. I'm not an expert. I'm not perfect. But man, I I know if you're seeking and, and you're searching, maybe I can help you a little bit. And so growing to the point that you could help someone else enter that trailhead, all right? And then shepherding others, not only helping them enter the trailhead, but also coming along. Every one of you are called to shepherd and pastor others in this body, to help and encourage and spur one another on and being a shepherd of other people. We don't hire people to do that. That's what the church does for one another, okay? So we're all called to shepherd one another, and we have specific shepherds that that we ask to do that in our community groups, then the last thing is that you would reproduce yourself, that you would know how to walk the path as best you know how. You would know this ancient path, and you would be able to turn back around and bring someone who's just entering the trailhead and say, hey, let me walk you down the path. Let me help you along the way. That's where we want you to be over the next 10 weeks. We want you to have a vision for your life and know that God can use you, as I said, Peter, Peter had no idea how God would use him. One of the greatest leaders in the history of Christianity, right? In the history of the world. That God used a a very simple fisherman. So I just want to ask you this morning, would you take God's invitation and say, God, I'm I'm available. However you want to use me, I want to grow in in this Christian life so that you can use me along the way. Let's pray together. So Father, we... uh, As we undertake this 2024, we want to find rest for our souls. And listen, I I said as we started out that rest for your soul doesn't mean that you're sitting still. It means that God does something on the inside to give you a peace that transcends all understanding. So right now, I I know there's got to be people here that, that need rest. You need rest for your soul.
Would you just take him at at his word? Would you stand at that crossroads? And would you ask him, show me the ancient path. Show me, maybe admit that you're lost. And others of you that you've been on the path, I just want to encourage you. It is a good path. It's not always easy. It's difficult from time to time, but it is a good path. Well, I just want to encourage you, stay on the good way. There is a good way and there is a good shepherd. And he cares for your soul. Some of you have been wrestling with God and, and you know the way. He's revealed a way to you and you don't want to walk in it. I've been there. But right now, would you say, God, I know the good way. You've revealed the good way and I just have, I'm just wrestling with you. But I want to let go. I want to do. I want to obey. Would you do that right now? Would you just let go? going to sing one final song and then uh, then we'll close but continue to do business with the Lord as we sing thanks so much for listening to the Clear Fork Community Church Podcast for more information about our church head to clearforkchurch.org take heart Fort Worth he has overcome the world we hope to see you soon